Thank you, brother. All right. Good morning. We were sitting in Steve's living room, and he looked over at me and he said, You're busy preparing a sermon? I said, Well, I'm working on something for next week for Lighthouse. He said, Great. We're doing a series on the harvest. And uh, that's what he said to me. And I went, okay, he said, so I feel you should preach. This is on Thursday, which thank you, Steve. I appreciate the short notice <laughs> and having to press into Jesus really quickly. And, uh, but it's an absolute honor. It's, for me, it's an absolute joy to be sharing with you this morning. I, uh, so when we flew into the U.S., we went via London. It's the cheapest way. It's the longest way. It's an awful way. <laughs> it, it just takes a very long flight and makes it longer by day. So I got on that flight. I still had hair. My beard was still dark. <laughs> and so we flew via London. So as we're, getting, as we're approaching Heathrow Airport... I can feel the, the airplane banks left, so obviously we're going to land somewhere there. Then we banked right, we banked right more, and we banked right, and we banked right. Man, we've done a circle. Next minute, we're banking left. I'm going, I've got an image of that actual flight plan uh, on the slides. And it, for me, it is unique because I've never ever, I went and had a look on the, 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 the screen on the plane. And I'm looking at the, the screen, and I'm looking at this flight plan, and it's this kind of this figure eight. And I'm looking, I'm going, there must be something seriously wrong on the ground if we're not landing. There's something happening. Something's been prepared for us. Something's, we're hovering because there's something that has to be done on the ground. This, they just weren't ready for us. And I'm happy with that because an airplane that's still flying is a safe airplane. So that's the problem. This morning I want to talk about, is there something that has to be prepared before whatever God has in store for us comes and rests and does what God's calling us to do. So I'm speaking this morning about preparing for the harvest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I just I present myself before you. Lord, I pray, use me, lead me and guide me. Command my lips, command my thoughts, I submit to you. But I pray, Lord God, that our ears will be open to hear what the Spirit of God has to say this morning. So, Lord God, have your way in us as you minister through me. We want to leave here different this morning. Not because of who spoke, but because the Word will be preached to us this morning, and that will bring change to our lives. So we submit to you, Holy Spirit, to come and minister to us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Haggai, chapter 2, verse 5. As for the promise which I made you, when you came out of Egypt, my spirit is abiding in your midst. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea also, and the dry land. I will shake all the nations. They will come with the wealth of all nations, and I'll fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. I'm going to shake the nations. I think we went through a season of shaking already. I think the We've all been shaken a little bit. I'm, I'm one of those preachers. I get you to interact when I preach. Okay, we have trained people in the house. 
Well done. If you don't know what's going on, it's all right, you're awake now. <laughs> Want you just to grab the person next to you, if you know them, if you know them and you feel comfortable, and just shake them a little bit. If you don't know them, do it anyway. Until everyone, the Holy Ghost shook me at church this morning. There's something about once you've been shaken, you feel something different. You feel something has happened. I feel God is wanting to shake things, to prepare things for his revival that is waiting to settle down. He's preparing something on the ground for what he wants to get done. He's waiting for us to get ready. And he's going to make our lives easier. I can't even say that with a straight face. I... I wish that is true. That would be awesome if that is true. Have you ever prayed those prayers? Lord, help me be more patient. You don't pray those prayers. Those are naive Christian prayers. You don't pray that. I mean, what is our mandate? What are we supposed to get done? We know this stuff. Acts chapter 2. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. Because that's kind of us as the disciples. We always want to know what, when, how. Come on, Lord, when's it happening? Is this the end times? Is this it? Am I getting the triple six tattoo or not? Lord, am I getting the implant or not? Come on, man. Let me know is the time. And Jesus says to the disciples, chill. So if you're preoccupied with the end times, I'm going to say to you what Jesus said. Chill. But you will receive power. You see, we're worried about the times, but Jesus is worried about us having power. He says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. These are the definites. You will receive power. It's not really a maybe, should I, shouldn't I, what must I do? You receive the Holy Spirit, you receive power. That's a definite. And the other definite is you will be my witnesses. And what happens is we sometimes get comfortable are you comfortable sitting in your nice chair? Could you listen to a phenomenal sermon? Brilliant. Just as usual at Dayspring. Um, sit nice and comfortable. You see, it happened to the Israelites. They get out of Egypt. And it says, once they're out of Egypt, they get to the Red Sea and they camped. They camped at the Red Sea. They were happy to be out of where they were, but they hadn't stepped into the promised land yet. They hadn't had Christy preach that sermon to them. When she got off stage, I said to Steve, do I still have to do anything? Because that is good. (laughs) And then it says that Israelites, sorry, that Pharaoh's heart was hardened towards the Israelites, and he sent his army after them. He went and he shook them up, and it got them off their backsides to cross over into the promised land across the Red Sea. If Pharaoh wasn't chasing them, they wouldn't have gotten over the Red Sea. They're things that are chasing you, and you're trying to bind them in Jesus' name, and Jesus is saying, no, step up, stand up, move up. I'll show you, verse 8, sorry, chapter 8 in the book of Acts. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Imagine that. Jesus says, You'll be my witnesses. You'll receive power. Church takes off. Chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5. It's amazing. 
Six, they're ordaining guys. Seven. We hit chapter eight and the persecution starts. And all of a sudden they're fulfilling the mandate that Jesus had given them right in the very beginning. Because persecution has started. It was not God tormenting them. It was persecution. But he uses all things. He turns all things for the good of those that are called according to his purpose. Their purpose was to go. And he calls them into their going by allowing the enemy. Because this is what happens. When the children of God go, Lord, I'm ready. The devil goes, mm-hmm. What are you ready for? I'm also, you see, I, want, I don't want to give the devil credit. But we are warned that he is prowling around like a lion. Oh, but brother, he's a toothless lion. I haven't found that in Scripture. And I've seen him bite. And I've seen him take chunks out of families. I've seen it happen. I will not give him credit. But there's something about we have received power. And we're called to be his witnesses. And a bit of shaking gets us activated. What has to happen to the church? For the harvest to come in, I believe, is we need to get ready. There's a preparation that needs to take place in our lives. And I'm, I'm preaching to Dayspring. I'm preaching to Lighthouse. That's the church I have the privilege of leading in South Africa. I'm preaching to Hillsong. I know they're tuning in. They're probably watching the sermon right now. <laughs> it's wonderful to have you guys joining us online. Perhaps you can tag one of the Hillsong guys. There's something that has to happen here. In this church, in my heart, I believe for revival that I believe is kind of in this holding pattern. Just waiting to be released. This harvest that's waiting to be released. I, when, I, when I walked in this morning, I, I, I came across here and I thought, I wonder, the person in that house, do they know Jesus? Are they here? If you, oh, well done. But I'm just, and that house and that house and the house behind them and the house further down there. The house down there. There's a church closer to them, but they can come here. There's a house in the back, and there's a house further behind, and there's another house, and there's another house, and there's a person that lives next to you, and the person that works with you, and goes to school with you, and there's a family member. Have they encountered the Holy Spirit the way they should, or is God waiting for you to be prepared in some way? So I'm going to do this really quickly. And you're going to learn everything I'm going to say this morning. And everything that I say, you're going to do. Okay. If you went here, I did it last week. Breath in, amen. Okay, I'm kind of just helping, I'm coaching, uh, just so we know what to do. Sometimes we have to have signals. I'm like the projector. You've got the words up there, you've got the instructions up here. We're happy? All right. I believe this, the revival is the sinner finding the Redeemer. Through the acts, the love, and the kindness of the redeemed who are supernaturally empowered by the Holy Spirit. We need to get ready. So I want to speak about this. It's in Ezekiel chapter 37. And I I have no doubt you've heard the story. It's been preached about. But I want to give you my take that I believe the Lord has given us as a strategy on what we're going to see happen in our lives, in our churches. Revival to rest. For the holding pattern to stop and life to be released. Ezekiel 37 verse 1, the hand of the Lord is upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It is full of bones. And he led me around them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. Behold, they were very, very dry. He said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones 
and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I'll lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. And you shall live and you shall know that I'm the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound and behold a rattling. There's a shaking. Something's happening. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. I want to say this. Unity is always the precursor to the fulfillment of God's promises. Unity is essential. Black Harry. And I looked and behold... There were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. There's no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, as he, as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. We need to learn how to prophesy. We need to learn how to change our speech to see the promises of God released in our church, in our army, in our families. I'm, I'm hung up on this. What we say is calling life and death into being. I, I, I battle to go for a preach and not just say it to people because I hear people saying the strangest stuff all the time. Not once was Ezekiel instructed to tell the dry bones that they were dry bones. He spoke life over the dry bones. You don't? We do this. We go sit. Oh, dry bones. Oh, dry bones. Oh, poor dry bones. Oh, it's terrible. The poor bones are dry. Lord God, won't you, in your infinite wisdom, Lord, will you help the dry bones? Not, not be so dry anymore. Lord, will you have liquid come and touch the dry bones? Because that's what would make sense with dry bones. And we come and we want to tell God about the situation we're facing as though he is somehow absent. As if he's somehow busy. He's still trying to figure out how David beat Goliath, and he's sitting in the back there, and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they're discussing what really happened and which stone was it. And do we have that theology as the foundation of how we're supposed to minister and live? Or do we live with the understanding that God is ever-present, all-knowing, and all-understanding? So why do we spend our lives telling Him about the dry bones in our lives? As opposed, I'm all for prayer meetings. Please, I'm not saying we don't have prayer meetings. I'm just saying maybe our prayer meetings need to look a little bit more like where we're speaking to the dry bones and telling them about our God. Speak over your marriage until, instead of trying to convince your husband that he's sinful and that he's evil, speak life over him. Uh, DC, you don't know my husband. I never married him. You did. Not my fault. Lord, forgive me. And I don't mean, con at no stage were the dry bones condemned for being dry bones. I think this speaks of the hope in Christ. We start off as dry bones, we end up as an army. 
If you, were, if you have the mindset like, I'm just born again, so I become dry bones, then I become bone meal, then I get fed to an animal. As opposed to the church is allowed to have the, an element of dryness. Perhaps there's a dryness in the ministry. There's a dryness in our lives. There's a, a, something of a dryness. And then God says, speak to the bones. I, I shared to the, the DSSM students, I think it was with them. You guys have had me busy. Excuse me. But... Okay, my wife doesn't remember either. I did share it. Anyway, I'll, I'll do it anyway. My wife had found out that she had a, a lump in her breast a couple of years ago. And it was a nasty lump and went to, um, went to the doctor. I was, I was preaching at a, an event. Uh, on this th- it was a Thursday. I'll never forget it. And so she has this lump. And I said to her, it's really, you know, it's bad. Must I go with you? She goes, it's nothing. I'll go to the doctor. I'll let you know. So I head to this event, I'm about to go, I'm about to get on stage, and I have my oldest daughter phone me, and she says, Dad, come home. I was 150, so I was, I was 100 miles away. And my daughter says to me, Dad, come home. I go, what's wrong? Dad, it's serious. They're, they're, they're rushing Mom to the hospital. They're saying this is very aggressive. Uh, the, the, something. That lump is growing into Mom's ribcage. So I said to the guys at the, at the event, I'm out of here. Find someone else. It's a room full of pastors. Make a plan. Choose someone. Most of, the problem with pastors is getting them to keep quiet more than it is to get them to speak. <laughs> I get in my vehicle, and I, I rip up the tar, and I fly back home. And I'm, I'm, I'm going down the freeway. And I'm not telling God about the problem. In this moment, I'm gripping my steering wheel. I'm bending this. And I'm saying, and I used vulgar language. I'm so sorry, but I wasn't speaking to you. But I spoke, and I'm not, I'm not condoning vulgar language. If you use bad language, it's because you don't understand, you don't have a vocabulary in English, that's all. But I spoke to the devil in a language he understood. But he must take his hands off my wife's body. Who does he, and I'm shut, and I'm aggressive, and I, I'd stop at, you know, in the traffic, and people would be sitting next to me, and I'd glance over them, and I'm saying, devil, you take your hands off of my, and they're busy sitting next to me. They just pull away, the traffic flowed around me. I, I, was, I was so angry, because the problem is we get angry either with the, 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 the flesh and blood situation, or we get angry with God. In that moment, and it wasn't planned, in that moment, I told the enemy about my God. And I spoke life over my wife like I've never spoken over her before. See, I prophesied life over the dry bones situation. Half an hour of driving, my daughter phones me. Dad, go back. Go back where? Go back to your meeting. Mom's fine. So what happened? She goes, that lump is gone. From going from the doctor's house, the... I'm glad you celebrate that. Because going from the doctor's consulting room to the hospital, which wasn't more than 15 minutes, that lump had an encounter with the one that deals with dry bones. Prophesy of your marriage. Prophesy of your finances. Prophesy of your life. I'm not, not name it, claim it, and frame it, but in actual fact, declare it and believe it. We break off curses. 
Absolutely. We undo covenants. We undo vows. But if God could use speech to create the universe, and we're made in his image, we need to be careful what realities we are creating in our lives with the way we speak. What are you saying? What are you just pushing into your life? And when we talk about mustard seed faith, it's not about having faith the size of a mustard seed. The real lesson there is get your faith to grow like a mustard seed would grow. If Jesus wanted to show how small it was, he would have said, have faith like a grain of sand. But he's saying, have faith like a mustard seed that becomes the biggest tree in the garden. He's saying, have faith that will grow. And if you have faith like that, you will say to the mountain, be removed, and it will be removed. It's what we say. It's taking what we believe to be true and declaring it. What are we prophesying over our church, over our leaders, over our government? Oh, well, it's red and it's blue. Your country is not a candy cane. Oh, I don't know if it's red, I don't know if it's blue. I don't know the difference. I'm not interested. Not my politicians, not my problem. I want to know where Jesus is on the throne. And are we speaking life accordingly? And are we declaring it? Start speaking over your homes when you get home. Start proclaiming, in this house, no one suffers from any life-threatening diseases. Speak it into a... In, in, this is a story where God is standing, he's speaking to Ezekiel, and he says to Ezekiel, do you believe? He goes, you know, God says, then speak it. God doesn't speak it. We're waiting for God to do stuff, to, we're waiting for him to do stuff he's called us to do. I speak over situations. I declare life over situations. When I speak death, I repent, I undo, and I speak life. God knows about your dry bones. Start telling your dry bones about your God. Next one. They were dry bones, by the way. I love this. I'm going to do this, go through this really quickly. Dry bones represent that there's no DNA in that body. Your DNA is developed and formed within your bone marrow, in your bones. That's where it's coded. So when there's a problem with your blood, you, have a, the, you, know, you go for chemo and they clean it all out and they give you a bone marrow transplant and they give you blood transfusions, that kind of stuff. When your bones are totally dry like this, there's none of the... The person's DNA. I think that's what we need to come to God with. Not my agenda, not the way I think it should work, not with my, not with my issues. I come, Lord, I come to you as dry bones, me. I'm a dry bone before you. Your DNA in me, your blood in me, your blood over me. You see, we all talk about being sheep. But how can I be a sheep if I'm related to the Lion of Judah? I've got a bit of a biology problem here. I'm obedient like a sheep as I follow him, my shepherd. But the way I live, I live like a lion. I come with sheep DNA, dry bones. Lord God, cleanse me of my stinking thinking so that I can live with the DNA of the lion of Judah in me. Sheep fear the lion that's prowling around. Lions that are related to the lion of Judah, they don't. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> Sorry for you. Lay down your agenda. Lay down your plans. Lay down your DNA. And pick up his. And he speaks life. He has mercy. He has grace. He walks in fullness. That's what our call is. 
Sinews represent unity. All these bones came together, tied together by sinew. If you are somebody that creates division in the body, you are dangerous. You are in danger. Cut it out. If that bothers you, perhaps you're the person that had to hear that this morning. Stop it. We need to pursue unity. Well, I was offended. (laughs) Yeah. I'm upset. I'm not happy. Snow White had seven dwarves. If you're not happy, which one are you? At no stage has the church ever existed for it to make us happy. We exist as the church to fulfill a mandate given to us by our king in unity. And I don't get to choose who I walk with but I choose who I'm following. We were in a situation once, I've done some weird things in my life, we were in a situation, we were in a gunfight, and uh, the guy behind me, he had pushed me down, there was a threat in front of us, he pushed me down and he opened fire, and as he was shooting, the, the, the hot brass of the, the, this, you know, the shells fell down my back. If I stood up in that moment, I mean, Well, I did not like that. You offended me by hurting me. And I think, well, first of all, as I stand up, friendly fire is going to hit me in the back of the head, and the enemy is going to take me out as well. In that moment, I realized that's what's happening. I pulled my shirt closed and and engaged with whatever we had to get done. We're at war. We're at war. It's not the wedding banquet yet. All right? We're still at war. And while we're still going to find the smallest reasons to be offended, the enemy is just going to pepper our path with small little offenses. Need to kick it out the way, move forward. Not the person, the offense. So, what happens when this church grows? Oh Lord, bring in the harvest, but they better not sit in my seat. They can sit anywhere, stay off my chair. Well, they come in, then they take up all the parking, and you've got to park somewhere in town. Well, I don't like this. We should have reserved parking for long-standing members. I've tithed in this church for eight years. I should have preferential parking. Why did that person vomit in my church? Why did that person have to fall down? They bumped me. What happens, and and I'm speaking from experience, I have a church in South Africa. What happens when somebody comes in here, and they uh, they not like you, they don't like you, and they steal your cell phone in in the house of God? Do we then take offense at the church and run away? Or do we celebrate the fact that those that really need Jesus have walked in, and they're going to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and lives are going to be changed? Unity. Pursue unity. I've seen disunity destroys churches. Time, it destroys families. 
It destroys relationships. If anything in your heart leads you to take offense or want to break unity, you're destroying the body of Christ. It's wrong. Do not entertain conversations or thoughts that do not build unity. Somebody comes to you and says, do you know how to keep a secret? Yes, I do, but you should learn how to keep secrets as well. Someone comes, have you heard about Wayne? No, I haven't. Why don't we have a meeting with Wayne and chat to him? It's fine while we're here now. But when radical change comes, when there's new life, when you see people streaming in through that door, suddenly we have opinions. We have to watch unity in our church. We have to watch unity in the body of Christ. And be more connected to church. Don't just come on a Sunday. This is the beginning of the game. We've just barely finished having, having oranges. Now you run off into the field. This can't be all you do in the life of the church. I'll leave that for another sermon. I don't know what I'm doing next week. <laughs> then it says that the body was covered in with muscles, with, with flesh. We need to walk in power. We, we need the power of God to walk in the love of God. We cannot have love for those who need to come in without the supernatural love of Jesus. Cannot happen. The warm, fuzzy feeling, all of that stuff dies when the person offends you. The warm, fuzzy feeling dies when, when there's a bit of a disagreement. We need to have supernatural love. We need to have supernatural power. And that's the only way we're going to see this work. That's the only way the army of God steps up. I'm not talking about power to heal and all of that stuff. I'm assuming you know that. This is day spring. I'm talking about having the supernatural power to see people loved the way they need to be loved. I'm talking about those people that walk in with sexual preferences that offend you. Why does it offend you? Well, the Word of God says, <clears throat> then let it offend God, you love them. We'll always speak the truth, but you love them. You love them. It only happens through the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. The next one that this body gets has skin cover it. Skin speaks about identity. When I know whose I am, I know who I am. Old Testament, they were given coats. Joseph got a coat. New Testament, prodigal son gets a coat. We get to be in Christ Jesus. I get to wear his skin. He's my identity. I know who I am. I know who I am. Skin speaks about me being comfortable that when the enemy attacks, I understand he's attacking me because of the call of God on my life. He's attacking me because he hates me. There's a reason why he hates me. I'm okay with that. He hates Jesus. He hates the, he hates the Lord. He hates us. I'm fine with that. My identity speaks that I don't have to worry about it. My king is dealing with it. And he'll call me. And he'll direct me. And he leads me. And he guides me. Stop trying to contend for stuff that's already yours. I don't have to fight for what I already have. I'm the defending champ, and Jesus is fighting my battles for me. I'm loved, I'm called, I'm blessed, I'm chosen, I'm free, I'm secure. And the last thing that this body gets is his breath. It's his breath. 
I think I can only use this illustration with my wife. Sorry, Hades. Just breathe over me quickly. Almost oh, no, just let them breathe over me. Well, try a bit harder. That's not good. <laughs> breathe over me. Well, it's not working. Have you had a breathman? Oh, the breath smells nice. <laughs> so, it's my lovely wife. Um, if I want him to breathe over me, I have to be in close proximity to the source. You funny. <laughs> I cannot live a life with a long distance relationship with the one who's called to breathe on me. I can't. The only long-distance relationship that works is with your mother-in-law. Sorry. Sorry, Sajid. Sorry. <laughs> I'm joking. Relax. Don't be offended. Get a tissue. If I'm going to rely on the breath of God to fuel me, when I speak of the breath of God, it's the Holy Spirit, I need to be close. I need to be within proximity of the source. I have to spend time with him. Not just quiet time. Not just in the morning. We speak about we have quiet time. And if I ever have to counsel a married couple, and I say to the husband, so how's the relationship with your wife? We have quiet time, 12 minutes in the morning. Do you chat in the day? No. I'm busy. WhatsApp messages, texts? No. And when she messages you, I don't have time to respond. I'll chat to her tomorrow morning again. You have a problem. Why do we somehow think that I can have that relationship with the one who's desperate to be intimate with me and speak into my life? To have the intimacy that, you know, when... when I have a rough background, so I'll make reference to it. I, I, I was not a good kid. So before I was saved... If you looked at my wife in a manner that I deemed unsuitable, I would challenge you. Once you came to, once they woke you up, I'd find out why. For me, I wanted to spend every moment with her because that's how I got to know her. That's how she got to know me. When we had problems in our relationship, there'd be a distance between us. That distance would cause more problems. More problems creates more distance. If we are not going to live lives in the closest proximity to him, I I don't think we're going to see the harvest come in here. I'm I'm not going to get to see the harvest come in. I'm terrified that he'll keep in this holding pattern where I get to minister and not come and pour out everything he has for us because we're so busy doing other stuff. When he comes back, what will he find? He's looking for those with faith, and are we busy doing what he's called us to do? Are we busy with the Father's work? I hope you understand this morning there's not a single bit of condemnation in any of this. It's a message reminding us the lives we need to lead. Revival doesn't come from a prayer meeting. Go to the prayer meeting. Revival comes from when we're ready. To see the Holy Spirit come and bring revival here first. 
so that when they come in, they're finding him and not us. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for... Well, I thank you for so much. I thank you that we are part of the army, that we are part of what you're busy with. We are included. We are not excluded. So, Lord, I pray where there are areas where we have perhaps been a, a bit negative with the way we speak about situations. Lord, we open our hearts for you to challenge us. Lord, if the areas in our lives where we've lost our identity, we don't know whose we are. Holy Spirit, we invite you to minister to us this morning. Holy Spirit, where we've become just disjointed from the body, distant. I make fun of it, Lord, but where, where people are offended this morning, perhaps there's a, there's a deep offense that needs to be dealt with. Perhaps you're online this morning. Perhaps there's a deep offense that you need healing from. Ask the Holy Spirit to bring healing. Forgive the person, set that aside, and allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. But Lord, I pray this over day spring. Lord, that we will see the harvest come in. We will be ready. We will be ready. When those come in, they don't look like us, sound like us, behave like us. But we'll have a supernatural love that only heaven can give. Holy Spirit, work in us. Get us ready. Get us ready, Lord. Prepare us, Lord. Prepare us. While eyes are closed, no one's looking around. You're sitting here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus. Never made a public commitment to surrender everything of yours and receive the gift that your heavenly Father, our heavenly Father has given in Jesus Christ. He died for you. He paid the price for your sins and he rose again on the third day. He has ascended to heaven and that's where he rules and reigns today. If you acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior, the word says that you will be saved. I invite you this morning, if you've never done that, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, can you raise your hand so I can pray with you this morning? If you're joining us online and you've never given your heart to Jesus, please get hold of us. Send a message on the platform that you're watching. We'd love to meet with you digitally and lead you to Jesus see you discipled. I don't see any hands in the sanctuary this morning, so I'm going to continue. I shared the testimony of that tumor disappearing in my wife. Never returned. She's never come back. I want to ask you this morning if you need healing. If you need healing this morning, would you please stand? I'd like to speak over some situations this morning. I'll speak to it nicely. You need healing. We're going to prophesy over dry bones. We're going to prophesy over dry bones. I love this reality. The dry bones had no faith. <laughs> How could they? 
they were dry bones. You may be sitting here this morning, you haven't stood up yet, and you're thinking, I don't have faith that God can heal or that God even wants to heal me. I've prayed a dozen times and nothing's happened. That's fine, you're a dry bone this morning. No one's looking around. If that's you this morning, just one more time. Let's speak life over your situation. You're standing this morning because you need healing in your bodies. Well done. Well done. You just stood up, you're brave. Well done. I love it. I love it. I speak over dry bones, damaged bones, healing, wholeness to come. We prophesy, we speak life over the situations that you face. Whatever the cause, we don't know what caused this army to perish, but I speak over the dry bones, your sickness, your disease, in Jesus' name. I prophesy long life, good health, wholeness over your bodies, wholeness over your bodies, hearing to be restored, pancreases to go back to where, the way they were, spines to straighten, hearing aids to become redundant. We prophesy over dry bones. Call out, call out whatever it is that you, you're trusting for. Speak to it. Speak to those dry bones. We don't need to deny the reality that they're dry bones. We speak to them. We speak to them. Come back. Come back to life. And Lord, we declare, we will hear the testimonies. This morning, testimonies being released. Testimonies being released. You may have been facing a sickness or disease for decades. These bones had been dead for decades. Now's the time we speak over your bodies. Dry bones. Dry bones. I prophesy over dry bones. Any skeletal disease. Muscular degeneration. We speak over you. Be restored. Be restored. Lord, shake. Start shaking loose the enemy's grip over bodies this morning. I just want us to linger in this moment. We prayed for finances, but we can have dry bones in our, in our lives. It can be in our marriages and it can be in other sensitive areas. Marriages, in our finances, in relationships, in our, in our, in our sexual identities. These are real. It can be brain fog that we have. It can be things that have been diagnosed over us. It can be other things. It can be real challenges that we're facing. I want to pray for you this morning. If that's you, if you, you, you're trusting for healing and you're comfortable to stand, you remain standing. But if you're trusting for breakthrough in those areas that I just mentioned now, you stand as well, please. We'd like to speak over you. Finances, marriages. When the buckets came around earlier this morning and you felt, I wish I had more to give. I just feel God saying he's going to start equipping you. Not giving, equipping you for the more. But I speak over marriages. I speak over marriages that have become dry bones. I speak over finances that have become dry bones. I speak over relationships that are dry bones. 
that in Jesus' name, life will be restored. Not next year, not next month. Now, to be released in Jesus' name. We receive it, Lord. Amen. You may take your seats. I just want to ask you, please. If, I'm trusting that we have testimonies this morning. I, there's no ways we've gone through all of this and we haven't seen God move. But I challenge you on this. You have to get hold of the church office. We have to hear your testimony. Next week, we have to start off with that testimony of what God has done. It builds faith. My family and I, we won't be here. We'll, I'll make sure I watch. But I want to hear the testimonies of what God's doing in the life of this church and what he did this morning. Right at the very end, it says this, And I prophesied as he commanded, the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Can I ask you to do that with me this morning? This is a prophetic act, to stand with me this morning. An exceedingly great army. An exceedingly great army. An exceedingly great army. Not just in numbers, but in depth. We speak it over you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may take your seats again. Be blessed. Thank you so much for hosting us for the last three weeks. It's been an absolute pl uh, pleasure. And uh, thank you.